Crosspoint Church Sermons. This sermon was preached during a Sunday worship service. We hope you enjoy and share the message. Good morning, Crosspoint. It's so good to see you all. So few. A lot of people left, I think, for the summer vacation. I'm so glad to see you anyway who decided to join today and online here. I just want to welcome everybody. Um, it's so exciting that to bring this message. A lot of you asked if I was excited. I kind of am excited. I was excited. Actually, when I started preparing a month ago, I got really excited. As I was preparing, I said, ah, oh, this is so good. I wish I was just preaching right now. Then I uh, started thinking about it yesterday. Then I was, ah, oh, I got to preach tomorrow. That's good. <laughs> It's going to be good, but I don't know if it's going to be good or not. So I just said, Lord, you got to come. you got to speak through me. I can't do it on my own. you got to come. And then this morning, Pastor Scott, he texted a prayer. And I read that prayer, and then I go, ah, thank you, Jesus, for that prayer. Because I realized that it wasn't about me. It wasn't about me speaking, but it was about all of you. It was about God. It was about his message. And Pastor Scott said, May cross of Jesus hide me. And may you all see today that this is, uh, let me start the time. um, Jesus be glorified, not me. So that calmed me. That gave me a sense of like, okay, God, we can do this. So that's my plan to show Jesus today, to show God today. And the message about today is, the topic of today's message is the importance of reading Bible. And I wanted to preach this topic for a couple of reasons. Number one, as Christians, it should be our uh, top and foremost priority that we read the Word of God, we consume it, we meditate on it, and we delight on it. That should be our primary pursuit, right? It's, It's not the secondary, it's not the last, that's the primary pursuit. And the second reason, I fear that There is a decline of Bible reading Christians in America in the churches. I fear that Bible reading has become optional. And that is terrifying because in a Christian's life, Bible reading should be one of the uh, one of the top priority. And if you would look at the uh, the statistics, the survey conducted in 2021 by Statista, I want to read some of the statistics. And this is this is really really terrifying to see that because as I say to college students when I'm talking to them. If Christians had two legs, one leg is prayer and the second is Bible study. And without that, Christian cannot grow. But look at the statistics uh, in 2021 they took. Only 11% of adult Americans read their Bibles daily. Only 11%. And then only 5% four or more times a week. 9% several times, that is four plus times. 9% once a week. 8% once a month. Oh my goodness. And uh, 8% once or twice a year, probably Christmas and Easter, I guess. And then 8% on three or four times a year, 13% less than a year, 29% never. And I don't know if we want to even call them Christians, right? 29% who never read. They have no sustenance. They have no, they, they can't function. And I don't know what they do. But this statistic shows us that there's a famine of Bible reading Christians in churches especially in America. But I, hope, uh, I, but I hope this is not true of our church. I, I hope and I pray that in our church we are more Bible-reading Christians, that is, consuming the Word of God, consuming the Scripture. I hope that's, that's the reason. But why don't we read the uh, Bible? Why aren't we hungry to read and to meditate the Word of God? Could it be because uh, we don't have time? 
Or could it be because you said to yourself, well, I'm not a reader, so I don't know about reading the Bible. Or did you, or because we, we think that we don't understand it, why even bother? Is that the reason we don't read the Bible? Or we substitute Bible reading with devotionals or other books. And that's, that's, that's the worst thing we can do. I read devotional, I like devotionals. I, or, or listening to other sermons, online preachers. Do we substitute our Bible reading with those things? And, and that's terrifying. We should not substitute our Bible reading time with other things. So what is your reason? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you are an avid Bible reader. That's great. Keep at it. Keep going on. Keep advancing. But if you're not, I want to encourage today, and I want to challenge you today to read the Bible. So this is my goal today. I want to show you the supremacy of the Bible, the credibility of the Bible, why we should read the Bible. And then I want to show you how it affects a believer, how it changes us, how it transforms us, how it makes us so good, so close to God. And then I want to show you how we should respond to it. That's my goal today. So let's dive in the Word today. I want to preach from the book of Psalm 19, 7 to 11. In case you hadn't noticed, we are in Psalm series. <laughs> Duane preached from Psalm 38, and Pastor Scott preached from Psalm 119 last week. And he kind of got started because it got me started today because I'm preaching from Psalm 19. And it's like Pastor Scott did the introduction last week. Now I'm getting in the Word. And Pastor Scott helped me with this sermon as well. We sat down, we talked through, he helped me understand it better. But today the text is from Psalm 19, 7 to 11, and this is what it says. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them, there is an abundant reward. Wow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much this morning. I pray that your, your son would be glorified from this sermon today, O oh Lord. As I preach this word, speak through me, O oh Lord. As I, as I preach this, the people who are listening would, would re, uh, remember and think about their own uh, Bible reading habits. And then, Father, they would submit to you. They would change and transform if it is your, if, if you speak to them, Lord. And I pray that this morning you would help me, help me clearly communicate this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So King David of Israel is the writer of this psalm. If you read the uh, Psalm 19 from verse 1 to 6, it is about uh, the, how, how the nature reveals the glory of God, how nature reveals who God is, how nature reveals, and it, it, it reveals that God's exist, God exists. He's not just a figment of imagination. He actually exists. King David goes on to say, His word, travel, it transcends language, culture, it transcends every sort of thing that we can see. In, in glory, in, uh, in, glorious, uh, in glory, God reveals through nature himself. And the, from Psalm 7 to 9 uh, of this same chapter, uh, the scripture, David tells us, the scripture reveals God. The scripture intimately tells about his revelations, his glory. 
It talks about his wisdom. The scripture tells us about his salvation, his comfort, his, 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 his interest on his creation, his plan of salvation, his son. So we will focus today's message on the second part of the psalm, that is how the scripture has revealed, has come to us, and how we ought to delight in it, how we ought to pursue the word of God. So the first question again is, why read Bible? Let's talk about the supremacy of the Bible. Why should I care about the Bible? And now, just a side note, as we read, you saw the words like instruction, decrees, commandments, command, and precepts, but I'll simply address them as the Word of God. Because at the time when David wrote this, there were only instruction, there was Torah, there were law, and there was just that, but there was not entire Bible. The Gospels, the epistles were not available. So I will address them for us today as the entire Bible. It's going to be the entire Bible. So the first thing it says... Why we read the Bible, first thing David says in verse 7 is, the word of God is perfect. That's the first thing. The word of God is perfect. All right. That means, the word perfect means literally entire, which means without blemish, it is undefiled. It is the word of God. There is no shortcomings in the word of God. It is perfect. It is sound. That means it is without spot. It is undefiled. It is upright. So the word of God is perfect. There are no imperfections in the Word of God. It is complete. And the second thing he goes on to say, the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy. That is, the Word of God is trustworthy. That means it is reliable, it is verifiable. The Word of God is settled in heaven. It means that it is settled in eternity. What God spoke, they are trustworthy because God spoke. Augustine is the one who said, when Bible speaks, God speaks. When Bible speaks, God speaks. And if God speaks, it is true. There's no shortcoming in the Bible. And then he goes on to say that in verse 8, the precepts of the Lord are right. His word, the Bible, is morally right. It is just. It is, it is, it is practically, universally, and wholly righteous. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing immoral. There's no sin in the word of God. There's no sin in the word of God. And then he goes on to say again in verse, the second part of the verse 8, the commandment, of the Lord is radiant. The word radiant means pure. They're holy. They're radiating the glory of God. There's no, it contains no impurity. It is pure. There's no immorality. There's no sin, again, in the Word of God. They're like light. They're radiating. They're emitting the glory of God. It is above reproach. So that is why we should read the Bible, because it is, it is the pure... God breathed word of God. It is perfect. It is sure. It is settled in heaven. That's the word of God. It is, it is divine. It is breathed by the Holy Spirit. That's why we should read the word of God. Now, that's the credibility of the Bible. It is not an ordinary book for you to just cast off, for us to cast off. It is the word of God. It is the word of the Creator. And I cannot emphasize enough the importance of reading. That one point alone should, be, should be suffice for us to get into reading the Bible. It is the powerful Word of God. And whoever reads this Word of God will not remain the same. They will be changed. They will be transformed. They will have new life. They, will, they, they, they won't remain the same. Those who gaze upon the Word of God, this Bible, they will not remain the same. And if, if you are reading the Bible and then you can't find what I'm talking about, it does not jump up, then probably you should pray and ask the Holy Spirit, why is that? 
So how does this divine scripture affect us? And how, how, how does a believer, when he reads, how does it affect him or her? In verse 7, now we'll go back again. In verse 7, the first thing the psalmist, David, says, it restores our soul. It renews our soul. It revives our soul, this is what he says. The, the word revive, uh, revive, restore means to bring back, to reestablish. King David goes on to say again in the book of Psalm 119.93, I'll never forget your precept. I'll never forget the word of God, for you have given me life through them. So, word of God, when you read on the read and meditate upon it, it is it gives it restores us. If we have sinned against God, and if we are ashamed of God, if we are guilty, if we have lost sight of His hope, or if we grow weary and restless, if we lose the joy of salvation, the word of God it can bring us back. It reestablishes. The Word of God restores us. It, it renews our hope in God. It heals us. It heals our soul. It changes us. It, it leads us to forgiveness. That's the power of the Word of God. It's the power of the Word of God. So do you, do you need to go, to go to God today? Go to His Word? Do you feel crushed? Are you hurt? Are you, are you doubting? Are you seeking God? And is there something going on in your life that bothers you? There's something disturbing happening? Go to God. And if you feel like you're not sufficient, go to God. Because He can restore you. Only Him can you find restoration. Nothing else. Not the shows, not the movies, not the motivations of this world. Nothing else. Not the preachers that you listen online. No, only the Word of God can restore us. Second part of the verse says, again, David writes, it makes us wise. This is what it says. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Do you want to be wise? We need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need a lot of wisdom. I need to be buried in the scripture. <laughs> that much, that's how much I need wisdom. So it, it says it, the word of God makes us wise. That means it helps us make wise decisions because the word of God manifests wisdom. Right? In the book of Proverbs, wisdom uh, south from the corner, south from the street, the word of God, uh, wisdom says, come to me, come to me. That's the word of God. It says, come to me. If you want to discern what's the will of God, if you want to discern what's evil and right, you got to go to the word of God. In the book of Psalm, uh, first Psalm, this is what he says. How happy or blessed is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. This blessed man is wise enough to know that he shouldn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. He shouldn't stand with the sinners. And he should not sit with the mockers. And how does he receive that discernment? How does he get that wisdom? And the second verse of the same psalm, this is what he says. Instead, his delight, that means his joy, is in the Lord's instruction in the Bible. And he meditates on it day and night. Do you have a time set for your Bible study? Do you read your Bible? Do you meditate upon it day and night? Or what's going on in your mind? Is the Word of God predominantly uh, in your mind? Or is the things of this world? I want to challenge you and encourage you. If you keep the Word of God in your mind, in your heart, and you meditate on it day and night, you delight on it day and night, you apply the Word of God, you will receive wisdom because the Word of God manifests wisdom. It manifests wisdom. You want to live 
a life of uh, prosperity, not the materials, but the spiritual prosperity, you've got to be in the Word of God. You want to know His will? You've got to be in the Word of God. Proverbs 3.13 says that happy is a man who finds wisdom and he acquires understanding. He is the happy. Do you want to be happy and wise? Go to the Word of God. That's what David tells us today. And in verse 8, it says, It brings joy to our hearts. It says, The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. King David goes on to say that the Word of God does not uh, affect our soul and mind, wisdom, but it also affects our hearts. Because the Word of God, it gives us joy, it gives us gladness. It makes us happy when you read it. Because why? Because there's assurance of salvation in the Word of God, right? There's peace. When you read it, in times when you need comfort, you go to the Word of God, and then God said, do not worry, I'll provide. And then when you are scared, God said, do not fear, because I am your God. You find that comfort, and you find that joy in the Word of God. It, only, it not only impacts our heart, it also impacts our intellect, our will, everything. The joy of the Lord is through the Scripture. So, in the times of comfort, this is what um, David says in the book of Psalm 119.92. If your instruction had not been my delight, I would have died in my affliction. David understood. David understood that if God's Word is not uh, captivating your life, then in your affliction, in your time of worry, stress, all that, you are going to be buried about in, your, in your own sorrow. But if you delight in the Word of God, if you meditate upon it, and you are enjoying the Word of God, then that becomes your strength. That becomes your joy. You get excited because God has said He will take care of everything. God says He will take care of everything. And I want to encourage you. I mean, you feel like, well, I don't know what's my life worth Go to Psalm 139, and there you'll find your worth. If you're scared, you say, I'm, I'm really terrified of things of the world. I'm terrified of the ghost. I'm terrified because I watched a horror movie last night. I don't know what to do. I'm terrified of cemetery. <laughs> Go to Psalm 91. You're terrified of what's going on in the world right now, the political instability. There are news of wars, news of uh, pestilence. Go to Psalm 91 and see what it says about that. And then you will find your comfort and joy. And then the fourth thing, it said the second part of the verse 8, it gives us spiritual understanding. The commands of the Lord are clear. The word of God are clear, giving insight for living. Pastor Scott said it gives us spiritual vision. It, lets us, it shows us about the things of a spiritual realm. You can't see that if you're not a believer. But if you're a believer, the Word of God will open your eyes to our sinfulness. It will open our eyes to, our, uh, to, to God's righteousness. It will open our eyes to God's wrath even. And it will help us understand what is right and wrong. It will show us, the, the Bible, will show, Bible shows us the human condition, depravity. It shows us current life, future life, God, Holy Spirit, the Son, His plan, His salvation. Invisible, visible, all of those things are in the Bible, and if you seek it, if you meditate on it, if you read it, those will be shown to you. You'll see them. You'll have the spiritual understanding. This is what David said, again, in Psalm 119, 104. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every false way. He gains his understanding from the Word of God. He gains his 
his, his understanding of the spiritual thing from the Word of God. So if you want that understanding, you must go to the Word of God. You must go to the Word of God, and your spiritual eyes will be open. And here's something else I want to share. The church cannot grow if the church attendees do not, are not Bible-reading and Bible-consuming, Bible-believing Christians. A church cannot have any revivals, right? Church cannot grow beyond its, beyond its Christian who attend it. So as a, as a body of Christ, we need to read the Bible. First, it affects our soul, it affects our mind, it affects our heart, it affects our spirit, and then it also affects the whole entire church. If as a church we want to grow, and if as a church we want to make any impact in the world, then we must be Bible-reading, Bible-consuming Christians. We must breathe Bible, we must eat the Bible. Not literally. So don't eat the Bible. <laughs> now, finally, sum up the two points that I'm talking about in verse 9 will go. And this is what it says in verse 9 of, of this book of Psalm. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. The fear of the Lord, that is, is pure. How do you get that fear of the Lord? You, you read the Bible, you understand Him, in the Bible, as much as we can understand, as much as we know, as much as we can know Him, and then it reveals His majesty, it reveals His beauty, it reveals His awe, it reveals His 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 knowledge, and that knowledge, knowing the Creator of the universe, the one who has the authority over living and non-living, when you know Him, the fear of the Lord will strike your heart, and that fear of the Lord also comes from the Scripture. You will gain that fear of the Lord from reading the Scripture, and that will inspire all. It will evoke gratitude. It will evoke gratefulness as a Christian. This is why we should read the Bible. And it is pure, it says. Again, we talked about its purity. It radiates the glory of God. And it says it endures forever. It will never corrode like the possessions of the world. It will not be obsolete. It will not be ineffective. It will not fade away. The Word of God stays and it is settled in heaven, so it will endure forever. It will, it will go eternity to eternity. What God has spoken will not cease to be. And it is reliable, it says. It is certain. It is sure. We talked about that. It is all in its, in its, in its entirety, holy, thoroughly. The word of God is pure, righteous, and reliable. And, and Apostle Paul uh, also echoes this in the Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, he says that, that all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All the Scripture is inspired by God. Why would we not read the Bible? <laughs> Why don't we? Once you understand that the, the Bible is God's inspired word, he is, this is the communication channel. Why I don't understand why we wouldn't want to be in the Word of God. We should, you know, we should put our phones away sometimes. We should put our television away sometimes. We should put all of that away because those things sometimes can be very distracting. I want to encourage you. What takes your time? This morning you probably got a notification saying how many hours throughout the week you, you, in, you wasted your time in, on phone, like five hours on average, ten hours on average per if you have iPhone 
at least it sends to me the notification saying this is how much you spent on your phone time. So think about that. How much time you spend watching the shows? How much time you spend watching Netflix? Maybe time isn't the issue. I think the condition of our heart is the issue here. It's not about, I don't want to read because I'm not a reader. I think it's the issue of our heart. It's the perspective of God. We need to have a proper perspective of God. So this is the Word of God. It is extraordinary. It is supernatural. It is above reproach. This is the voice of God, the Scripture. In the Scripture, we find, and how it affects, it transforms us. It makes us new. It conforms us to the Son of God. It has power. And the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Son, they decided to reveal their glory in this Scripture. So how should we then respond to this amazing, supernatural, divine book? How should we respond? At least in three ways we should respond. The first is we should desire them more than pure gold. In verse 10, this is what the psalmist say, uh, they are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold. Gold here represents the earthly possessions, the things that you care, like money, advancing career, even relationship, personal gratification, entertainments, uh, sports, television, phones, all of these things are for us, let's, let's consider them gold. So the, the psalmist say we should, we should desire them more than that. We should hold in a higher regard than what we have in this earth. And we should desire them. We should want them. Just like you want your career to succeed. Just like you want money. Just like we should desire above that. And the second thing is, uh, the second thing, this is what the psalmist say, we should enjoy it like sweet honey dripping from a honeycomb. And Pastor Scott helped me make this point. This is really nice. We should enjoy it like sweet honey. Once we have the Word of God, once you start reading it, do you find it like really hard to read and stay awake to read the Bible? Then probably you should look into why that is because you should enjoy the Word of God. Every morning when you sit down to read the Bible, you should get excited. You should be like, oh, this is going to be so good. Man, I'm going to enjoy this. I, God is going to speak to me. His Holy, Holy Scripture is going to reveal Himself to me. Do you get excited? I get really excited when I'm reading the Bible. I can't, I can't wait to shut myself in the room, kick the cat out, kick Caitlin out, <laughs> and then open my Bible, play some music, and then in the sweetness of God. I, I can't wait, and I, I, I will spend there. I want to be there with God. I want to be with the Son of God. I want to know Him, and I'm going to say, God, Reveal to me who you are. Teach me who you are. Do you enjoy God? Do you enjoy Him? We should enjoy reading this scripture. It is sweeter than honey dripping from honeycomb. So once you desire Him more than your earthly possessions, you'll find gladness in it. You know, you find, you'll find sweet because you meditate on it and you, you, you have found life in it. But above everything else, the sweetness is, that, sweetness is that it shows us the glimpses of heaven. It shows us what's going to be, what it's going to be and after I die, I pass from this earth. It shows us who, how miraculous, how amazing that's going to be. It shows us that glimpses of heaven. So every time I read the scripture, God says, uh, God will say, the scripture will say, hey, hey, endure now, endure now, because I have prepared for you a place that you can't even imagine. And then I go, oh, the things of this world, the sorrows, the worries, the stress, anxiety of this world. Oh, you have no hold on me because God has promised me 
something that is uncorruptible, that never corrodes. In his word, he has promised me that then I find that courage in the word of God. Do you find that courage? You have to, because you should, because if you go in the word, that's where the, this treasure is. That's where the jewels of the actual jewels are, which never corrodes. And you're, you'll find sweetness. It'll be sweeter than honey. It'll be better than barbecue for you. <laughs> so that, that's the word of God. And then finally, third thing, David says, we should seek reward in the word of God in verse 11. In addition, your servant is warned by them. And in keeping them, there is an abundant reward. The reward, first of all, is that God has warned us. He has admonished us. The, the warning of God is a reward to us because if we don't know what's going to happen, how will we fear what's going to happen? Or how will we enjoy what's, what's coming? So God has warned us. That's our reward, first of all. And the second is God has given us delightness, peace, joy, comfort in the Word of God. There's life in the Word of God. There's eternity in the Word of God. It's not about the ink and the paper of the Bible. It's about the revelation of God. It's, it's about His divine voice in the Word of God. So that is our reward. And we talked about that, how it affects us. It affects our soul. It affects our mind. That's the reward, how it changes. It brings back to God. It shows us what God, who God is. It shows us who our Creator is. And it connects to our Creator. That's what it does. There are many rewards in the Word of God. But above all the rewards of this world, above all the rewards, there is one that is greater than every reward that's in the Word of God. That is His Son, Jesus Christ. That is His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died for us. He resurrected. And then He, he came for us, sinful man. We're supposed to be dead in our sin, but God came to us. So, I want to encourage all of us this morning that may we seek the Word of God with all our heart. May we delight in it, we enjoy in it like David delights, gets excited about it. He was a wealthy man, he didn't lack anything. But above everything else, he says, I will rejoice in the Word of God. He says, above everything else, I will look for the, uh, the Word of God in my life. Your precepts, your commandments, your instruction, O Lord, they're pure and they are delight to my heart. This, that's what he says. So as a congregation, the greater reward is Jesus Christ and He revealed His Son for us so that we may not perish in our sin, so that we may live a life of, of a victory, not the life of slavery, of the things of this world. So I want to encourage all of us, prioritize reading your word. Go home and then think about it by yourself. How must I read and what I read and why I read? Sometimes we just want to read to get through it just to, to feel better. I read the Bible today. I read a, a chapter. But it doesn't matter. Read a, read a verse, but read for the right reason. That is to know Him. That is to want to be like His Son. That is to be the light and the salt of this world. Be for, read the Word for the right reasons. And then, if you're not a believer in Jesus, if you don't know, you won't be able to experience any of this. His goodness, His righteousness, His love, His kindness. So I want to invite you, I want to invite you to accept Jesus Christ because our Father in heaven, He's extended His arms and He's calling you, saying, come unto me. I am the life, I am the way, I am the truth. So come to Him. That's the Word of God. It has power, it has divine power in it. And I want to encourage you 
to come and be in the Word of God. Love and cherish the Word of God. Delight and enjoy the Word of God. Delight in it. Now the worship team will come up and I will pray. But then take this away that your heart may be gravitated towards the Word of God and cherishing and delighting in it. And you'll find jewels and treasures of, the world, of, the, of heaven, not of this world. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much this morning that we get to gather in this place and enjoy your word, O oh Lord, and, and then be, Lord, help us, help us, Lord, if we are not the readers to desire your word, to delight in your word. O oh Lord, help us to gravitate towards your word, be transformed and changed by your word, O oh Father. If, uh, if somebody wants to accept you today as the Savior, as I stand down there, O oh Father, you would lead them to your Son, Jesus Christ. And for all who know Christ, help us, O Lord, to continue in the Word of God and to delight and enjoy His Word. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for everything. In Jesus' mighty and awesome name, amen.